Hey, babe. Yeah. Remember that time a couple months into our marriage where I had come home after a long, like 11 or 12 hour day of work and you were sitting there playing video games and you said, hey, babe, what's for dinner? And I said, a divorce. Yeah, because I remember I didn't win that game. I turned it off. You didn't. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. How to not let your marriage wind up in the toilet, a.k.a. divorce. Oh, my God. That was pretty dramatic. Let's go. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Today we're going to talk about marriage, and I think with us getting ready to celebrate our 15-year wedding anniversary in ding, January ding, ding. 2020, new decade, look new at decade. that, look new at decade, that. chance for, we like solid numbers, like that's a right. chance for rebirth, yes. so <laughs> we get to reinvent ourselves, right? But I want to throw it back to a lot of our younger friends that are just barely getting married or people that we know that are looking and searching for the perfect one. And today I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about all of the things that people don't tell you about marriage because it's a long freaking journey, right? (laughs) Yeah, they don't tell you a lot about marriage. Yeah, like there's no handbook. Well, there probably is a handbook. I mean, it's 2020. But (laughs) if you are juggling a marriage and children and finances and a mortgage and all of that stuff in 2020, I guarantee any book that was not written in 2020 no longer applies. Because there's just so oh, many no. more things. Yeah, social media, internet, everything that that we have to face now in, in this new decade was not around 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It wasn't around when we got ago. married. There was no social media. Yeah. Why Why do they allow people to get married without a handbook? Like, well, there should, should be, be a like a course. Okay, you've got to do this first before you even like think about getting married. Right. Because... Same with having children, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. But there should be like a pass or fail. Like you're either compatible, you're either like, hey, there is a solid 20% chance you're going to make it. We'll go ahead and grant you a marriage certificate. But I love them. Right. But if you don't pass with at least like a 20% like compatibility rate, then your ass just shouldn't get married. There needs to be that, don't you think? Yeah. Like there should be a place you go that's objective. You go in there, you take individual tests and you come out and you say, Based on the results, you are um, not compatible. Based on what we found, (laughs) this would be a huge mistake. We actually, by law, are banning you from getting married. I love that. Oh, (laughs) someone's going to talk major shit because they're like, you should be able to marry whoever you want. No, you know what someone's going to say? Oh, there's an app for that. You should go. I want to know. I want to know. 15 years in, if we would still be compatible. So today I wanted, I asked you like one simple question. What was the question? Like, The quote that I saw that kind of inspired this episode was like, love doesn't mean you'll always agree, right? Mm, Okay. And over 15 years, we have disagreed more times than I can really count. Yeah. But I asked you before we started this, like, can you think of things we disagreed on? Did you think of any? It was hard because like, and here's the crazy thing, like we work through a lot of things and Mm -hmm. we we figure it out. So 
there are times where we may disagree, but we've come to a, a common understanding. And mm-hmm. so we move forward. But I would probably say one of the things that we disagreed on was when the girls were younger, getting involved with when they would fight or bicker with one another. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we both had different positions on that. And I don't know if it was because I'm a man and you're a woman and all these different things. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or Mm -hmm. but I remember they would have little arguments, which kids do. And our kids are two years apart so that you have some perspective. So there are times where there are four, six, and eight. And so they are all kind of, and for a while, they were kind of almost the same age. All girls. All girls. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. Different personalities, 100%. And they didn't really give a shit about each other. (laughs) No. Yeah. They didn't care about each other (laughs) at all. And so they would bicker and fight and do all these different things. And I would want to sit back and just like let them deal with it. And um, you, I remember Janelle would be like, Livid. "Aren't you going to do something about it?" She would either pinch me under the table or hit me or because you know guys already in some way guys already act like they don't hear anything that's going on. It's like this superpower you guys have that's just like. <laughs> Bro, are you not listening to this? Like, yeah. this, this has got to stop. Like, normal people can't behave like this outside of this home. So why do they get to act like this in this home? Right, right. And I felt very much like I was the disciplinary and like I had to be the one constantly on them. And you just, you, quite frankly, I felt like you just didn't care. <laughs> no. And you were just like tuning them out. And that's right. something I think if the ladies are listening, like your husband has this like switch in his like earlobes or something or his eardrums where he can just like literally turn off life. <laughs> and it so pisses my- <laughs> me off. Like she'll say, all- she'll say something. Did you hear what she just said? I go, who's talking? Right. You? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so first of all, my sense of hearing is super heightened. Like I'm like a dog. I can hear anything. Right. And that has, I mean, we well, won't- it was, was it so funny because <laughs> Early in our marriage, like I didn't hear anything and you heard everything. You chose not to hear things. Uh, well, I'm regardless, fully convinced. Either, either like you guys, a freaking newborn baby crying in the middle of the night. Eddie acted I like didn't he hear didn't that. hear it. No, yeah. See, you uh, should see him rolling you, his eyes right well, now. Well, you know what's, what's funny is so when Jordan was younger and she would wake up in the middle of the night, like I don't know what I was. I, I thought this is when we talk about the expectation. Uh-huh. They don't tell you. I thought, oh. I have to go to work. The baby just came home. And so. And Janelle's breastfeeding. Yeah. So you should just get up. I was just. And it was the crazy thing is that we didn't talk about it. I just oh, kept I sleeping. I hated you so much until, after we had a baby. Until I woke up with all these bruises on my body. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we would be sleeping. And then she would she would literally smack me and said, the baby's crying. And I was like, huh? What? Oh. What? And then. It that- was so convenient for you to sleep through all of that. Oh, God, Um, this is bringing up so many painful memories. I don't even know if I can get through this episode. (laughs) Let me tell you. So eventually we had a system, but it took some pain and some some really tough conversations to get to that point. Um, One was like, I don't appreciate being rudely awakened. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and I don't appreciate you acting like you don't hear this child screaming her head off. How do we figure this out? Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, we weren't going to give marriage advice on this, but I think the one rule that we had that we mutually agreed upon was anything that we do or say to each other, we must be accountable for. So the rule was do not do or say something that you have to apologize for 
because you cannot erase hurt emotions, right? So if you ever called me the B word or just got real crazy, there was going to be a zero chance I'd be able to forgive that and get over that. Because to me, it wasn't about what you did. It was that like you just lacked the wherewithal. You lacked control. And I feel like I didn't want to be with someone who would be like, I'm sorry, you just made me so mad and I just lost control. No, that's just irresponsibility and laziness, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was something I think that we both came to the relationship like understanding and I don't- Because we we had been in crazy relationships where anything went. And and I think that that was something I think that has helped us get to 15 years, never having to backtrack and say, I didn't mean that. I said this when I was angry. And and yeah, don't get us wrong. We'd have conversations where someone would say something and someone would make it mean something different. Absolutely. You get all in your feelings and you're like, but it was never intentional. This is how I felt. Right. And you know that you created that narrative. But that was something I think that it has. And if we can give any advice is 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 learn to live by that, because I think that that's like a principle of I looked at it from this vantage point. I love you. I don't ever want to say anything to hurt you. Right now, I may do things accidentally or make yeah. a mistake, but I don't want to intentionally because I can control the words coming out of my mouth. Right. I don't want to say something because you made me mad. My way of paying you back is saying something awful. Yeah, you hurt and, me, so I'm going to hurt you too. Right. And this is not us like standing on any type of pedestal and saying, hey, we are the model no, citizens of It was of just the one rule that we that had. That was the one rule we and had. And I think yeah. it was because like we had both been in toxic relationships and we knew that like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I don't like to be disrespected. I don't want to disrespect you because I know if I fly off the handle, we're going to not be able to clean that up. Right. Like that's going to require so much extra work. So how about we just come to a mutual agreement? It was very much a business decision. <laughs> like, let's just not. Let's just see what happens if we try to remain accountable for the things that come out of our mouths and the things that we do. Because like a rule that we still live by is like you can't control any circumstances. Nothing that happens in your life, nothing that comes up, nothing that's an accident. You literally can't control anyone or anything. Right. But the one thing you have control over is how you react. Oh, absolutely. And yourself. And And if you can't control that one thing, then quite frankly, I can't deal with you because that's just ridiculous. And we didn't know this now, but if I were to give it any type of like kind of an analogy, it's like. The doctor, when you go to the doctor and you're having some issues and the doctor gives you medication and he says, you're starting to react to the medication, you know that's a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're having a reaction. And it, on the opposite side of that, if the doctor gives you a medication and you say, he say, hey, you're starting to respond, mm-hmm. that's a positive thing. So I react think- React versus respond. Right. And so I think that that is something I think that's one of the things that I said, hey, we're pretty good at that of- of really staying in a, in a place of responding and being thoughtful about how we say things and how we react. Are we perfect at that? No, but I think that that is a kind of a guiding principle in our relationship and mm-hmm. it has allowed us not to have these fallouts where we find a lot of our friends or people that we know have these fallouts and and you hear what is said and you're just like, I'm like, oh my God, how do you even recover from that? (laughs) Like if Eddie said that to me, I would be destroyed. Yeah, You know why? Because I think you're the only person whose opinion really matters to me. Right. Quite frankly, like my kids don't know what the hell is going on in life. They're, they're not there yet. Right. (laughs) But someone else could say something about me, but if it came from you, I would know without certainty or with certainty that you're 
telling me something really painful right. that's going to help serve me, right? But like you're the only one whose opinion really matters to me. Yeah. So if I hold you that high in regard, then if you Don't said something, it. oh yeah. my God, I would be yeah. destroyed. And so, you wouldn't be able to overcome that. So, so let's just... before we kind of transition, I, I want to ask you this. So for people who are listening that are like, oh, damn, we do that in our relationship. Sometimes we say hurtful things. And yeah. hey, apologize we're not, and we're not, start over. We're not judging at all. But I, I want to ask you, like, what advice would you give them from today on? Like, what could you do differently now? Oh, God, my favorite thing is what happened and what did you make it mean? So what do I mean by that? I mean, like the next time someone flies off the handle, you say, OK, like what just happened? Well, what, <laughs> what happened was that fool lost his damn mind. Right. <laughs> what I make it mean is like, how could it be so hurtful? You know, right. does he does he mean this? You get all in your feelings. And I would say it just needs to start with a conversation there. Hey, so I gave you a pass. You lost your mind. Right. right? Is it true? Do, are you apologizing for the fact that you called me these names or you did whatever? But we got to talk about how we are going to communicate going forward from this point on, because I think responsibility, we said in the first episode, responsibility will change your life. Yeah. And when you start to take responsibility for how you're communicating with others and how you're showing up in those relationships, things are going to change. Yeah. So I think today, if you started today and you're in a not so healthy relationship, you got to sit down and have a heart to heart and say, hey, so here's the thing. I heard this ridiculous podcast and they said <laughs> that we got to be responsible for the things that fly out of our mouth because we can't control anything else in life. Yeah. Right. So going forward, can we be a little bit more thoughtful in the things that we choose to let fly out of our mouth? Because it really demonstrates a lack of what's the word? I think it's restraint, respect, respect Res yeah. kindness. I think. And I, I look at it from if you were just to, to remove the emotion and you just think about think about it, say it out loud. I'm going to say something to you to hurt you yeah. on purpose. Well, you may as well just stab me then. Right. <laughs> so sometimes you got to like say things out loud without emotion and just logical. And you say, hey, you know what? In this argument right now, before we get started, I'm going to say four things. Sorry, I put a three numbers, <laughs> three fingers, four things that I'm going to purposely use to try to hurt you. Is that and they're not going to be true. Gonna, I just just know that I'm going to completely exaggerate true, these things. And it may be something that we've talked about deep in our relationship. And I've uh, confided oh God, in I'm you. Oh, I'm going to throw it in your face. And I'm going to throw it in your <gasps> face because Only to hurt this you. is war. My, so, my heart is racing <laughs> right now, by the way. So, But that is, I think you have to like really start to say it to yourself and say it to your partner and say, hey, like this is how we have to start looking at it. We're maybe we will have arguments, maybe we will have disagreements, but this is what we're saying without saying. Yep. So let's get back on track to yeah. the disagreements. I remember when we first started. Okay, so just to give you a little back history, when I met Eddie, I'll walk you through a timeline really quick. In 2003, I met him when we both were leaders for Best Buy. So that was October 2003. All this time went by. By the way, Eddie had two children. They were like, one was just brand new. Brand new. <laughs> and then Jasmine was like two. Yeah. And he showed me a picture when I first met him. And I was like, who is this guy claiming these little sisters as his? Like, you looked like such a baby. And I was like, there's no way this 20-year-old guy. Wait, you thought I looked like a, a baby 
Yeah, you did, bro. In the workplace? For sure. You were so young. That's some type of dis- that like I'm not disrespecting you. No, I'm being not real. But it's just like <laughs> You looked very, very young. And then he shows me, you know, oh, these are my two daughters. And I remember, do you remember? I was like, get out of here. Those are your sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was he goes, No, these are my kids. And I was like, There's no way these babies are yours. You're like a baby yourself. So he had two small children. We worked together. We got transferred. You got transferred. We just were really good work friends. That's a whole story for another day. But in May, we were really good friends. And he said, hey, we should go out. Like, you know, let me take you out for your birthday. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go bowling or something. He goes, Mm -hmm. no, like we should go out again. Whole nother story. I was devastated because I thought we were friends. So we go out for my birthday. That was May of 2004 in September 2004. So, so mind you, in May, it, we went, we actually went out for, if you remember, it was someone's birthday and we went out all together because right. we all had May birthdays. Right. So it wasn't like a date. It was just like, let's just go out. Right. But it was after my birthday, the right. end, which was like June, that it was like, okay, I, I think I want to take you out. So let's just call it June. Right. So then in September, we signed a lease and we, a lease and we moved in with each yeah. other. So that was like, okay, June, July, August, September, four months later, we were like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So we move in with each other. The kids have their own room. At that time, I made a lot of money. So I bought all the kinds of pottery barn (laughs) stuff. It was like, I was new to the kid thing. So I was like, I'm going to deck out their rooms. They were painted. And we had a place in Pasadena. So then I remember we had made a business decision like, hey, next year we should get married. Like Mm -hmm. we were really filling each other, obviously, for us to move in with the kids and stuff. And we said, let's get married next summer. That's when it's going to be. And I remember I went for like an annual pap smear somewhere around September-ish. And the doctor said, look, if you plan on getting married next year and like starting a family sometime within the next like 24 to 48 months, you probably should consider going off of the pill because like (laughs) you've been on the pill for a very long time. And I was like, oh, so I remember I came home, we talked about it and we agreed like, yeah, we want to have kids like soon after we get married in the summer of next year. Can I just tell you guys I was pregnant by October? (laughs) That damn doctor. (laughs) That damn doctor. And okay, so I was pregnant by October 2004. So I cried for like a week. Do you remember? Well, let's just... (laughs) What was interesting was the doctor told us to do that. And we're like, okay, cool. This probably won't happen. For and, months and, and we months. were around other people that were struggling with, with this. With infertility. So yeah. My and family. So, yeah. And so we thought, okay, well, this probably, it will probably take some time for the birth control to wear off. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was the strategy there. Not a good strategy. Uh, uh, and so then we bought a bunch of pregnancy tests, pregnancy tests that we took. No, we, I took the pregnancy well, we test. Well, I took one. so i took the pregnancy test because my period just wasn't coming the next month and i was pretty regular but i was like oh man i'm all jacked up now that i'm not taking the pill so i think i bought like from costco or something there was like four in the pack so i peed on three of them tossed them in the trash they all came up negative so then like weeks go by and i'm like what is it like where is my period i wasn't feeling different or anything i was just like what's happening So one day you were in there taking a shower and you said like, man, I don't understand. I said, what if they're broken? What if it was like expired or something? Why don't you pee on it and see what happens? Yeah. So So Eddie pees on the fourth pregnancy stick. We set it down. In a four pack. Yeah. In a four pack. Literally like the other three are in the trash. 
This has gone on for weeks now. So he pees on the last one and he goes, yeah, I'm definitely not pregnant. So it didn't have a line or anything. However, you, well, then you went. So I, I did. Uh, you went into the kitchen mm-hmm. and I was like thinking, I was like, man. And I said, look, I grabbed the package and I started, started reading the, the package and it said second line may appear faint. And I was like, huh, may appear faint. So then I, gr- I go into the trash can because the one I took, there was no it faint was line. gleaming white. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I grab one from the trash can. I go, well, this line is faint. I grabbed another <laughs> one from the trash can. I go, well, so is this one. I grabbed the third one and I said, yep. He goes, babe, you might want to come in here. And yeah. I was like, why? So I come into the bathroom and he has all four of them like on the counter. And, and I he think goes, I gave you the package. And I said, yeah. read what he it said, says. read this. And I read it. And I was like, okay, they may appear faint. There was nothing on mine. And he goes, well, you're right. This is the one that I just took. And I said, see, <laughs> nothing. You're not pregnant. And he goes, but this is yours. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's a faint line. And he goes, and this is the other one. And this is the other one. And I just immediately, I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? She was immediately in tears. Oh, I was devastated. Why? Because I was so busy climbing the corporate ladder. We were just really, really being aggressive with trying to grow our careers. And I was destroyed. So he sees me crying for like a week. I'm like, I'm just like holding it all in. I'm just like sad. And, And then he finally says like, I'm sorry, can we talk? Like, were we really going to get married because you're crying, which leads me to believe that you're not really serious. Do you not love me? Like, is this not a yeah. good thing? I'm like, no, it's not a good thing. Don't make this about you. This is about <laughs> me. And I'm trying to grow my career and we're not even married and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, let's get married then. I'm like, yeah, now I'm going to be so pregnant next year. We knew where we wanted to get married. And he goes, well, let's just call and see what will happen if we try to like speed it along. And I was like, OK, well, sh- is that a good decision? Should we do that? Well, clearly, we know we want to have this kid together. Clearly, we're already living as a family together. And clearly, like this is just the way that that we've got to roll with things. Yeah. So we call the next day and we look at some dates in January because it's October And it just turns out the place that we want to get married at is like open availability in January. And so we book a wedding for January. So we get married. I'm four months pregnant, not showing at all. I probably weighed less that day. And then in July, Jordan is born. So that's July 2005. October 2005, a couple months later, we bought our first house. November 2005, the very next month after having a $5,000 mortgage, our boss at the time at Best Buy, one of our mentors, leaves to go be the regional vice president of Circuit City and starts recruiting us. And we're like, what? Why would we go work for Circuit Shitty at the time was like the underdog, right? So we abort mission, jump ship, go work for Circuit City. And all of this, literally, are you following what I just said? I mean, this started in 2004 in May. And then by 2005 in May, we're married, pregnant, getting ready to have uh, to buy a home, switch our careers. And now I've inherited. I have three children within a year. Yeah. So this what is, in the actual hell happened to my life? This is what we call rapid marriage. <laughs> this is when you take don't do that <laughs> this is when you say oh hey yeah, this is marriage this is marriage on steroids and yeah. then you just like 
go. And, you know, I think that at the time we felt like these were all rational decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was all like, oh, yeah, let's just do that. Let's just find a house. What's it- funny is a couple years later, we went to one of my girlfriend's weddings and they had not been dating for very long. And I remember the people in the audience were like, well, I don't know. You know, they haven't been together for very long. And we're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to make it. And we start laughing and we're yeah. like, what were people thinking oh at our wedding? Like your family didn't even know who I, what I look like. My, no one knew we were pregnant though. Yeah. Right. It, it, Until it, my bridesmaid decided to toast to a healthy baby. And I was like, girl, you just ruined everything. Yeah, surprise. Whole nother issue. Getting on track. Yes. Back <laughs> to things we disagreed on. We disagreed on a lot of things, but I will tell you like mostly it was around raising children. Well, really quickly. So we tell you that not long story because it was definitely fast because of you're talking about a marriage and kids and the home and everything. But we're just kind of setting the tone so you understand like how quickly we got into marriage. And we then, were not prepared. And also how and I think relatively young, you know, well, I, well you I were 24 young. years old. <laughs> right. And I was 26. Right. So I would just With tell you. With children already in the mix. If you're a guy at 24, you should not get married. And yeah, I, what did I tell you on wait. our wedding day? You sure you want to do this? You're, you know, you're, I was like, you're so young. Like, I'm, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like, right. it's okay. Let's just be friends for a while. And you were so annoyed with me. Yeah. And I was like, no, serious. Like, you're young. You're a young guy. You, you can live your life. And then maybe if we're meant to be like, let's get married like when you're 30 or something. And he's like, if you don't walk your ass down the aisle, we're going to have a problem. What was so crazy is because the environment we were in, I didn't necessarily see myself as being young mm-hmm. because I had many Lots of the of same responsibilities, responsibilities yeah. as other people. And so you would, it would be, unless people looked at me and said, oh, you look young. I think most people thought that I was older than what I was. Yeah. Same. I mean, yeah. we both had kind of rough young adult lives to where we had to like scrape and scramble and right. figure things out for survival reasons. So we were definitely more mature. But okay, getting back to disagreeing on raising children, and this is going to come to you like one of the things that I feel like should be on the test, the exam for whether you should be able to get married or not. Right. And that is your expectations. I do think your expectations alone can completely destroy your marriage. So setting the tone of here we are, we're pregnant, we have, we get married, we get married, we have the baby, we have the house, we have all this stuff. Now we're starting, I'm back to work with a new company. I'm also breastfeeding with a pump at the freaking, I'm in my office, right? And for those that don't know, Eddie and I had the same exact position. We were both store managers, leaders, leading a team, managing massive amounts of revenue and goals and budgets and district managers and all of the things. So we did the exact same thing. So I thought we were equal partners. That's really what I thought. Mm -hmm. And then I come home one night and we have all three kids, all three. Why are you smiling? Oh, just. um, (laughs) And I walk in the back door and I'm tired. And immediately I got to pull up my shirt and start breastfeeding this baby who I haven't seen all day. And the kids are running Mm -hmm. around crazy. And this fool's playing video games, you guys. Not just video games. It was like John Madden football. With like a beer. (laughs) Like you got a beer. You're chilling. You're playing video games and now I've got to put a kid on my boob and sit there. And I'm like, I hate my life right now. The kids were loud and obnoxious and screaming and running around. And this fool turns to me and says, what's for dinner, babe? 
Oh, you guys, remember the rule about not saying things and like flying <laughs> off the handle? So very calmly, I just turn and I look at him as I'm breastfeeding Jordan. And I said, a divorce. I want a divorce. That's what I think should be for dinner. And he was like, no, for real. Like, what's for dinner? No, this isn't working. I'm not happy. Like, mm -hmm. this is not what I thought marriage was supposed to be. You're asking me what's for dinner. And I literally just did the same exact job right. that you did all goddamn day. And now I'm feeding this baby, nourishing her life. And you're asking me what's for dinner. What is for dinner, Eddie? I don't know. And he pauses it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I actually just turned it Maybe off. Maybe you, if that was, if you were being smart, you turned it off. And do you remember what you said? Uh, no. You were like, okay, what should we be doing? What do you need from me? And I was like, I need you to figure out what the hell's for dinner, but I just don't think this is going to work. And I'll never forget, we had the most amazing conversation because you guys, I was done. I was like, this is not going to work. The expectations of what I thought a husband was supposed to right. do, this ain't it. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but this ain't it, right? Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I remember the conversation that you're, you're referring to. We were actually in bed. No. No? We were sitting on that couch right there. You were playing the game. The kids were jumping no, no, on the no. couch. No, no, no. I'm talking about later that night. Oh, later the night. Later, yeah. later that mm -hmm. night. But just to give you my perspective, because there's guys out there that are going to be listening to this, like, I thought I was doing what husbands do. Right. I thought, hey, I worked. You know, you're supposed to come home and drink a beer. Yep. I'm 24 That's or five years did. old. I'm playing video games because I rationalized that I needed to play video games because I'm a competitive person. And this is a way for me to out to, to like put that out there and yep. get rid of that competitive energy or and. Or, and and when she looked at me and I was like, oh, I'm doing this all wrong. Well, did you think that, though? Like, did it click at that moment? Because some guys could have been like, get off my back. I had a rough day, whatever. And I'm like, no, like, understand people. We did the same job. Yeah. Right. But in addition to leading a team of a couple hundred people, I'm also pumping milk from my breasts, which right. my body's still trying to recover in my office. And I come home. And it's just mayhem. Like right. the kids are jumping all over because remember, Eddie can't hear them, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want this life. I don't want yeah. this life. I, if to answer your question, I probably did not know as far as like the magnitude of how you felt. Yeah. I just knew that you were not happy. Yeah. And I knew that the way you looked at me was like, this is, this is serious. Real. Yeah. <laughs> so that, to give the context of the time, we got married in... January, the baby came in July. We're talking, this is maybe November. Like that's how quick our marriage could have been over, right? Yeah. So then we talk that night and I think Eddie does a really good job of processing like, okay, she's for real. Cause I think he takes me seriously because yeah. I don't fly off the handle. I was very calm about it. I yeah. never raised my voice, right? We got through dinner, we put the kids to bed and then he said, can we talk about this? And I was like, I don't really know if there's anything to talk about. So we sit down, we're in bed. And he said, can I just tell you, I don't know what a husband is supposed to do. Yeah. I never really saw a husband interact with my mom. And I had to like listen to what he was saying, you guys, because Eddie's mom wasn't married when he was younger. Right. He doesn't know his dad. He said, I've never had a role model show me what a husband's supposed to do other than like on TV or what I've talked to my guy friends about. He said, but if you show me how to be a husband, I promise you I can do that. I also asked for patience. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and I, said, I was like, 
what a bitch I am. (laughs) I'm such a bitch. This poor man didn't even have a dad. So why would I expect him to know how to be a husband? And that was just such a pivotal moment for us. And I feel like a lot of things that we've overcome have come from just simple communication. But that is just a pure example of expectations being mismanaged, right? I expected that you knew how I grew up. I expected you knew that because my mom was a strong, independent woman, her husband would come home and yeah, he'd have a beer, but his ass would be outside barbecuing. Mm -hmm. He'd be mowing the lawn or watering the lawn and helping with the kids and putting the kids to bed at night, giving them baths. They were a team. And I expected that you knew that that's what I wanted. Right. And that was my fault entirely because we never had a chance to talk about what my expectations were that were not being met. Right. Right? And I was just a young person at the time that had no idea how to do this thing. I thought marriage was like, oh, cool. That means we get to have sex all the time because... Because we live in the same house, we're in the same bed. You might as well. Right. Right. What else are you going to do? So that leads me to point number two. (laughs) You're a partner will be annoying AF most of the time. (laughs) And and again, that comes from expectations, right? right? Like if a man gets married and he thinks like, oh, this would be about sex every night. Yes. I don't know about you women out there, but when I had Jordan, I thought I was broken. Mm. I was like, Don't even look at my boobs or they'll shoot milk out. And that's disgusting. And he wanted to get freaky with me. And I was like, this is so gross. Do you not know my body just produced a human? It's not made for sex anymore. It's made for reproduction. And I felt like there were times, babe, where I laid in bed and you were trying to like get frisky. And I was like, oh God, if I don't put out, like he's going to cheat on me. And I would think to my head, somebody would be doing me a goddamn favor to take him from me because this is so exhausting. And I know the women out there can relate to this because your body is like, literally, I'm trying to recover from growing a human, right? Right. And it's still doing all these weird things. And I don't even feel like I'm in my own body. And I just, I could go on and on about a post-pregnancy episode myself because I was so lost in my own skin. And then it's just like, how did I put myself here? But do you know, and, and this is this is important because during that time, like I thought she doesn't like me. She doesn't mm-hmm. love me. She's not turned on by me. I thought you were just and, trying to annoy and, me. And and I thought, and because of the fact that she's going through those emotions and feelings, I have no idea. And so I hope that this reaches someone that may be at that point or before that. Like, I have no idea. So I'm making this mean something totally different. And the only way that I can think that we can build our connection, the only way that we can be connected is through sex. And so if we don't have that and we don't necessarily have this relationship that's growing and that's getting deeper, the only way I can find connection is through sex. And then when I would get turned down, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, she doesn't love me. And and so you go through this whole narrative and I think that it's a tough thing for people, especially having a new baby, a new relationship, a new marriage to go through. Don't because, do it all at once. <laughs> yeah, don't do it all at once. But I think that there is an opportunity that we can shed light on where you have to kind of seek for understanding. Like if, if I knew then what I know now, yep. then I, I would have had more patience. Then what you're saying now, I would have definitely, we could have just had a better conversation. Right. We could have had a, a different conversation and we could have I could have understood because I think when you're young and you're getting married and you're doing all these things, you have no idea what the other person is, is actually emotionally going through, hormonally going through. And you're just thinking, well, 
what's happening? This is not what it used to be. And I think for men, we have the expectations that things should resume to pre-marriage. It should go back after baby comes. It should go back to the, hey, we're getting busy with the honeymoon. We're, oh, we're, good Lord. Yeah. And so that is wrong. And right. <laughs> don't. If, so if you're thinking about expectations, that's the one thing I would tell you that that's the expectation that you have to really grow out of because that's not what the relationship is about. And yeah, will you have moments of, of romance? Yeah. But I think that what ends up happening first is you have to understand that, that your wife just went through something that I would Freaking say is pretty traumatic. traumatic. And you need to give time for those things to come back. And if you don't, then you're only going to do is just make yourself miserable and you're going to make her miserable. And so that's my bit of advice for the expectation piece, uh, which I think is is crazy. But I think yeah. as our relationship evolved, the other thing that people don't tell you that you is your ego has to leave. Like there's no room in the relationship for an ego. Because it's all about compromise. Yeah, because it's all about compromise. It's all about like, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. And it's not ever 50-50. Like, no. Oh God, that's never such fair. a miscommunication, right? It's never fair. No. Because one of you is going to be at your at the top on your A game and the other one's going to need the other one to pull the other one or push the other one. And that's going to go for everything. That's going to go with managing your finances. Mm -hmm. That's going to go for leading your household or being really forward thinking with where you're trying to take your family or whatever it is you're trying to do. There's always going to be a pusher and a puller. Right. Yeah. And that's going to change at different seasons. So I think we could do a whole separate episode on all of the great things about our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. But to kind of like wrap it up, like communication, lack of good communication, 100% could destroy your marriage. Do you yeah. agree with that? And I think that that communication takes work. Like you can't sit back and try to just, if you're just talking, like you have to try to better understand what a person means and not run away with your own meaning. Because there were times where in our relationship that Janelle would say something and it wouldn't be rude, but I would create an entirely different meaning mm. about it. And I would create this narrative that didn't feel good, that was out of context or whatever the case may be. And I'm sure there's times where she felt the same way, mm -hmm. but that you have to work through that because that communication is not about one person speaking, another person listening. It's about understanding. Yeah. Communication is not, it doesn't exist unless there's some type of understanding. And nobody has to be right. Right. That's another thing. Like, I guess that's part of your ego situation. Like you're not arguing your point to be right. And that's and I would tell you that that was my biggest fault is is that you're competitive and you want to be right about things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so early on, you have conversations or you have thoughts or you have ideas about things and you want to be right. And so you'll argue them. And then you, when you're not right, you'll make excuses and not about, about not being right so that you still win. Right. And then I'll never forget, I heard a radio host said, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. And mm -hmm. I remembered that was a, that resonated with me. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, how often do I just want to get it right? Instead of it being this thing where it has to be what you I right. think is the, is the right decision or what I think is the right way we should approach something. Love that. I love that, babe. I, lo I love you more today, by the way, than I did in 2005. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Seriously, I no. think like that's that could be in the episode of like the great things that no one tells you about marriage is right. that you think you know what love is and then you just like you don't understand it's like a whole deeper connection of like commitment and support and annoyance and forgiveness and all yeah. of the things, right? Do you think love has to be broken down? Like does it have mm. to earn itself to a place where Jeez. 
it, it gets better? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, if you think about that, that's kind of how life is, right? Like you've got to go through your hardest moments to reach like the top of the peak, right? Yeah, like I think Maybe there were times that yeah. we may have even, and I think we've heard other people say this and, and it I never brought it to these words, but I think there were times we had broken up in our marriage mm-hmm. and then we had put ourselves back together. Oh, broken apart and then put, yeah, yeah rebuilt. Like, like you literally break up. We like definitely you, have rebuilt right. on many occasions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that happens and I think that that's natural, but I think like I never, ever, ever, ever want a divorce. And I don't even think that that's like, no. I heard, and this is something, so not having a father, you really listen to mm. older men. And Will Smith said- Can I just say really quick, it makes me emotional. Like I could cry. I'm tearing up right now. Like when I see you say that and like, what a great dad you are. And Aww. why am I crying? You can't <laughs> see me, but I'm crying. Like you've come so far. And that's like one of the best parts of our marriage is like, I get to watch you be your best. And it's such an honor because like you didn't have a, you didn't have a dad and you didn't have role models and you didn't have men in your life that were willing to pour into you. And I feel like, man, you're the shit. Like you literally do this better than most men that I know. And I'm so honored that you're my husband and I'm just really, really proud of you. So yeah. Okay. You talk cause I'm crying. <laughs> well, that now you make me emotional. I'm sorry. Um, no, but you I can just cry because they can't see you. <laughs> I just remember like Will Smith saying, there is no plan B. Yeah. Like Jada stuck with me forever. And I took that and I was like, and he was on Oprah saying this. Yeah. This was years ago. And I said, that's going to be my model. I don't yeah. care what happens. It's, there's no plan B. I'm never getting a divorce. Right. This is what she's she stuck with me. I'm just going to be. And, Wait, and, did you say she slept with me no, or she, she stuck, stuck with, with me? me. <laughs> she stuck with me. And I think. I just kept, and I use that to try to get better. And I'm not, have I been perfect at getting better? No, but I'm always trying to get better because I want to fulfill that, right? Yeah. And so if we ever grow this podcast out to be something really big and we get an opportunity to get, maybe get invited well. to the red table, <laughs> I will tell them that that was, that's been a, the kind of North star for me. Yeah. And I think that that has helped with saying, okay, let me put my ego away because I'm no different than any other guy. I have an ego that I have to tame. Right. Like I have to like quiet, even though I have this wonderful, powerful wife that it can do any of the things that we do without me. But I know that there are times where I like, hey, I need to take a back seat to this. And yeah. hey, this is where I probably need to kind of lean in a little bit more. And I think that that is so important in a relationship is, is quieting that ego and getting to a place where you can like understand each other and know that, hey, it's not about being right. And I think there's so many relationships out there where they're competing. Yeah. And I think that we used to compete all the time in a silly way, but Mm -hmm. I think that there are times where we were competing and not knowing it. And then now we got to a place where we're just trying to get it right. Like, hey, okay, maybe you're right about that. And I think that after when you looked at me and said, maybe you get a divorce, I like went inward Mm -hmm. because that's where I go. And I was just like, what What about me do I need to fix? Yeah. I love that. And I think the Red Table talk we watched or the time that Will was, we've seen many of Will and Jada's conversations about marriage and you can think and have whatever opinions you have, but we don't judge people. That's one of our like superpowers. But you're right. When he said that, he said, there is literally nothing Jada could do that would make me want to divorce that woman. And I was like, oh, 
I don't know that I could say that with certainty like that. But that's right? consistent because he right. said like 20 years he ago. He said it every time. <laughs> and he literally, like they are hellbent on that, right. right? And then we had a great conversation. It was beautiful about it. Like, what would we need to say to each other to make the commitment to know that ride or die? Like right. there is no option. There is no one that's going to come in between us. There is nothing that could break us. Like, what would we need to say or do and let's do that. Yeah. And so that was our commitment. So I hope that you're able to have some really strong, powerful conversations with your spouse yeah. or the person you choose to spend to give your love away to because we are not perfect by any means, no. but we are watching and listening and trying to learn and grow as a couple every day. And we hope that some of our struggles will serve you. Absolutely. So have a good one, you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through